everyone, it's Dina and Lydia, and you're listening to Retweet. And for this week's topic, we have a really special guest on, and we're talking about masculinity. Uh, our favorite to- topic, to be quite honest. We Love talk it. about, you know, men. We are branded as a men-hating podcast. However, <laughs> that's the tea. That is, I don't know if that's the case. Like, we don't hate men. But today we're going to break it all down. We're going to talk about masculinity, um, the ways in which it's constructed, and, you know, who it benefits, and everything like that. Mm-hmm. So for this episode, we have Andre. Um, Andre is an illustrator, and he's really, really talented. Make sure you guys check out his page. We will link it down below. Um, and the reason why we chose Andre is because Andre is someone who is very gender neutral in the way you dress, in the way you present yourself, um, and you're just very gender forward, I think. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, no worries. So that's why you're the perfect guest. Perfect. Um, so to start off, I guess... We definitely want to talk about kind of like your coming out story, just because I think that sexuality and um, I guess like presentation sometimes goes hand in hand, not always exclusively, um, but I feel like in your case it does. Yeah, definitely. Um, I was raised in like a very religious home, so I was like bombarded with questioning whether or not I was gay, like by family members and by friends and by peers, like school peers or whatever. Um, and then it wasn't until like probably, well, how old are you in like grade seven or eight? Like you're like 12, like 11 or 12. Yeah. Yeah. That I was like, oh, I'm definitely gay. But it was like super denial. I was dating this girl that was like six feet tall. And I, was, like, <laughs> I was like five, five. <laughs> like, and people would still tease me about it and then be like, oh, it's like a cop out cover up thing. So poor thing, because it was true. <laughs> but um, but the yeah, the girl really was rooting for you. She really was. Like yeah. she was really living for me. It's okay. She like went on a thrive. She's dating this really hot guy now. Like I wish I was dating her boyfriend. <laughs> but um, but yeah. So then that was like around the time that I figured it out, and then entered high school was still like pretty in denial. Like first year or two, really wanted to fit like that mold of like the straight bro, like that got like girls and like mm-hmm. went to parties because that's when everyone started drinking like around that time and was like really trying to fit that mold like with clothing with like hairstyle this is also like the time of like justin bieber mm-hmm. with like like oh my right, God, when he was rising sweep. with the sweep so i had like this it, it was like all these contradictory styles like i had the sweep but then i was wearing like root sweatpants <laughs> and like terrible hoodies like it just nothing worked but that I was, was like, hot was sick okay <laughs> yeah there, i always joke like yeah, i went to lucas and like the you went to lucas yeah yeah, yeah I, went to I went to lucas did you really i did yeah, it was like the whitest club yes it's but true. um like like white men thrived at lucas like yes. white people thrived at lucas and so the like i always joke that the lucas uniform was like roots hoodie like roots salt and pepper sweatpants yeah like, it had to be salt and pepper you know had what to be salt and pepper. you didn't even those. say salt and pepper but i envisioned salt <laughs> yeah. And pepper. yeah. <laughs> so i was like mom buy me 60 dollars sweatpants so i can look like a cool person i don't know can i ask you how old you are 22 i turn 23 next month so we went to lucas at the same time really yeah because oh i'm 22 misconnections wait that's wait. like really close like, ni- the same year. like 96 yeah what I do not Tina, remember we're you. We're in the same grade. What? No, no, no. You're you are a year above me. Oh, you're younger than me. Yeah, I'm oh. 97. That would make sense, I guess. Then why we might not know each other. But you probably looked very different. Oh, very different. I should have brought a photo. I mean, actually, I'm gonna do that like 2009 slash 2019 challenge later. Yeah, yes, and then send yes, it to yes, us. So you can find it. Yeah. <laughs> no. Oh, very different. Very different. Yeah. I okay. Very no, no, no. I f- maybe I do remember you. Maybe. Uh, no, like I was like I f- an art kid. But, like, for the first two years, I was, like, I really want to party. And 
piece day. Oh my goodness. So I, I don't know. I went through like three identity crises. And did you come out in high school? No, no. So I knew there was like two okay. gay kids in my high school, and like I was like equally fascinated and equally scared of them because I was like, I like, like I like you and like you represent everything I want to be, but I can't be associated with you because people will just think I'm gay if you are. And I had people like come up in the high, like in like high school, like come up in the hallway and be like, are you gay? Like just like, I don't know where people I didn't know or like we're not close with. They'd just be like, hey, like with like their band of boys. And I was like, this is terrible. Like it's- Lucas is the most disgusting high school ever, I'm sorry. (laughs) That's so scary. It was, high yeah, school was yeah. the worst yeah. years of my life. And it wasn't like I was never scared of my like for my life, but it was just very very intimidating. And mm-hmm. you have to answer that question. And obviously you can't say yes because you share like space with these people. Back then, well, I don't know, probably still you have to like share locker rooms with these people, like with gym class and shit. So like you would be like, mm-hmm. it would be awful. So then um, went through high school. Not until like didn't come out to my first friend until I was like probably in grade eleven or twelve. Oh my god! Didn't come out to like my siblings till around that time, first year of college, and like that I came out to like a friend group was like first year of college, and then wasn't like fully out until like I don't know, like twenty seventeen. Yeah, like I graduated high school or graduated college and was like, yeah, I'm done with with this and like. But then it was a whole like family thing too because it was like everyone was religious and I had to like leave this religion and like it was a thing. So um. So yeah, and then so I've only like been really out for like two or three years. That's like, I'm crazy. a relative little baby, which is why like people are always like surprised. People also always thought that I was older than I was. Yeah, I thought you were like 26 or something. Yeah, and so people think that I've been like out a lot longer, and I haven't. Like I'm relatively new to being like a full out person and like speaking on it mm-hmm. within like maybe the last year or two. Okay, amazing. I That's it. can't imagine denying myself like it's such a huge part of me for so long yeah. mm-hmm. it, it was tough that's really tough yeah. but i was like i never felt like alone in it like mm-hmm. i knew there was other gay people like i can't imagine people who like don't know that other gay people exist like there's people who yeah. like, live in really rural mm-hmm. areas that don't have like internet or access to like public forums that straight up thinks like i am the only person that's like this and mm-hmm. nobody else like exists like this so i knew there was other gay people like i knew about it so it was just more of like a i'm denying myself like being part of that community but i'm fully conscious that if i do choose to be in it like it's there and i will most likely find other people that will like understand me or mm-hmm. I don't know, whatever mm-hmm. then it was like a whole other part like coming out as like a as like a straight passing gay person is different or not even straight passing but like a like a male passing mm-hmm, like you like had a masculine yeah like like look. like cis gay males right yeah and then like going from that to like what i look like now which is like pretty gender fluid like you mentioned yeah. like i kind of play with all aspects of the spectrum mm-hmm. is like coming out twice in a way exactly because your gender and your sexuality are different yeah 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 so those so are yeah it's that's that was like more recently like the past year or two that i was like started experimenting with wearing different kind of clothes that wasn't conventionally like male clothes mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and did you always like have the want to do that like when you were younger right yeah, yeah. i used to i always joke i used to like my because i grew up with both of my sisters i'm like the middle of there's four kids four kids right so there's like my youngest sister me my older sister my older brother mm-hmm. so i'm like kind of semi in the middle but i mostly grew up between my two sisters so i was like mostly spending time with them so I would always like I would always like push my hair behind my ear, but I had like short hair. <laughs> like I just wasn't like I didn't have it. My mom would be like, "Why are you doing that?" Like all this weird stuff. So I always knew like at one point in my life I was like I would always admire celebrities or people like characters in movies that had like long hair, 
So I remember seeing it like as a possibility later in life and was like, I really want to be that. And then found like a whole community of people who were like, oh, like fuck wearing regular clothes. Like I want to wear like dresses and shit. And I was like, can I do that? And then I tried it once and I was like, yeah, like this is fun. Like who cares? Like Mm -hmm. everyone would compliment me because it was like always being so out there. And so I was like, yeah, I'm just going to roll with it Mm -hmm. and dress whatever I feel like. And mm-hmm. do you mind ask like if I ask the people that were out in high school that you knew like the two gay people mm-hmm. they were white right? One okay so I knew like two gay guys and like a few like lesbians. Okay. It was so funny the lesbian was so popular like so everyone loved her like and any anytime any girl would like slightly venture off into like hooking up with girls like it would be her because no, no 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 no, oh, no it would be like. Like it would be like popular, like like. Oh yeah, it was okay. It was okay, like yeah. it was like it's hot. Okay, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, well that's a whole different thing, right? Because women hooking up with women for it's not really validated romantically. It's very much like for the male gaze. It's, it's not sexual. actually, yeah. but you know. But even then, like they respected that she was like, like the one that was like fully lesbian and like looked a little more butch, I should say. Like they people thought she was like cool, and they were like, yeah, like I fuck with her. Like she's like she's chill, blah blah blah. Like even like the straight guys, like because mm-hmm. she like because masculine women gain the respect of masculine men mm-hmm. feminine men don't gain the respect of masculine men mm-hmm. like yeah. it's just it's the opposite mm-hmm. way so because they like like lesbian mask lesbian women choose to like put that at the forefront of their personalities mm-hmm. um they like nobody fucks with them like, mm-hmm. yeah. like no, and they know people you know what i mean like don't fuck with them like yeah. they know people and so um they were like a whole different breed like but the two gay guys and they were all white but the two gay guys i knew one was black and one was white. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like they, they, and like they were, they like hooked up with each other like once because they were the only ones. But like they, they were not each other's type in any way. Mm-hmm. So it was really interesting. And so the white guy was like, he like had his own little crowd. He had like, like you know, like five friends. Um, and he didn't give a fuck about anything. Like he was like he was out the whole time and like mm-hmm. was nice. He was so nice, to everybody. Um, he kind of like disappeared off the face of the planet. I saw him at a movie theater recently, like like maybe like six months ago. Mm-hmm. And he hasn't spoken to anyone in high school in like years. Like he like literally like left Ugh. halfway through True. and then just like fell off the face of the planet. And I was like, oh my god, I wanted to like say hi to him so bad, but I was like, no, I want to respect your privacy. And then the other guy like he like got like suspended or expelled because he was like threatening some girl that I knew. Um, oh, he had, like, I know who this is. I don't want to say his name. No, no, no don't say his but name. Yeah, but yeah, like you we know, know. Yeah, yeah. Okay. so he like he left, and like, I don't like I saw him like on Tinder recently. So he's somewhere like in the GTA or like London sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and but he was like he didn't really have many friends because people like he couldn't figure out how to subscribe to one group, right? Mm-hmm. So he was like obviously gay, and he w- like almost wasn't ashamed of it but was still trying to be, like, a bro and, like, that kind of person. Mm -hmm. And so, but then also hanging out with, like, kind of, like, weird art kids. So, like, he didn't really, like, he didn't pick a lane. Mm -hmm. And so that made it really hard for him to really connect with anybody. And then, like, I think he just had, like, some anger issues as well and stuff. And, and, like, I think it was mostly, like, if I'm really honest, like, he just felt a lot of betrayal. Like, because he was jumping from group to group and nobody was really accepting him, he just felt, like, betrayed by everybody. And so he just, like, would lash out at random people who like who thought that they were friends with him for a while but like it just got too much to be like too much for him and then he mm-hmm. like disappeared and that was it those are the only two guys that i knew about yeah even in my year there was i know at least two openly gay guys um and i can't obviously speak on their experience but from seeing like seeing it as an outsider it seemed like they had a really good high school experience um at least in like the upper years like they were well liked by everyone and like they had lots of friends um 
But I mean, that could also be like being the gay best friend or That's it, feeding though. into yeah, yeah, feeding into other stereotypes that aren't necessarily positive. Um, but if, yeah. if you made it all the way to grade twelve and you were out. Because you, like, find your footing by the time you're graduating high school and you're pretty confident in who you are. Mm-hmm. Like, people, they are, they're, in, like, they're involved in their own shit. Like, they don't have time to, like, bully anymore. Like, in grade 9, you're, like, trying to be, like, top dog. In grade 12, you're, like, I'm trying to get into university. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't have time for this shit. So then you're just, like, um, like, I don't have time to make fun of people. Like, I'm just living my life and, like, partying and enjoying the last of it. Mm-hmm. So then it becomes a lot less aggressive. But it was mostly, like, I knew a few people like when I was entering high school like gay people in grade 12 and by then it was like they had their set of friends and like they didn't really give a shit about mm-hmm. anything else and like s- girls loved them and stuff and like you know that was like the, then it's like the gay best friend complex but they were mostly white too I don't, they don't know I only knew like one black gay man in high school he was yeah. the only one like oh my god I can't imagine how exciting that would have been but mm-hmm. yeah because that's why I asked I was like I wonder if like the fact that you're Latin affected your ability and of course like your religious background affected your ability to come out because I was gonna I just assumed genuinely that like those two guys must have been white because I was like this is might be a little bit easier for them to come out and be accepted because then there's not that extra layer of you know your community of like people coming down on you it was so small like it was so many like gay like some few gay people and I don't think any of them had formal coming coming out it was just more of like a rumor mill mm-hmm. that ended up being true and then, like, people would find out that they hooked up together. It's like, well, obviously they are gay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it was never, like, a I'm gay, like, and I'm supported. It but coming out was such a f- weird thing. Like, even for the the guys that I knew, like, they never had to, like, come out. But then everyone kind of knew. And then they would just start talking about, like, their boyfriend or whatever. And it was kind of just a natural mm-hmm. progression that way. So it was never, like, a coming out thing. Back when I was in high school, it was still pretty formal. Like, mm-hmm. Like, you had to, like, tell your friends and you had to tell your peers mm-hmm. instead of, like, like, nowadays it's, like, oh, my girlfriend and you just, it just flows in conversation. Yeah, or people say my partner and you're, my like, partner. okay, well. Yeah, yeah we know. say that all the time on podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, that's interesting because, like, I'm definitely, a, like, I've done this before where I'm, like, I kind of just know this person's gay. But it's, like, how do I know? Like, I especially know. in the context of, like, when you were younger, like, 12, like, you were talking about, like, just, like, elementary school, middle school age. When you were presenting as someone who was, like, you know, relatively masculine, like, how did we know? Like, you know, not mm-hmm. we specifically, but, like, how do we as a society, like, typecast people and be like, come on, like, we know you're gay. Like, mm-hmm. how do we know? I think there's, like, stereotypical feminine traits that kind of, like, go- get through. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I think if you, like, if I showed you photos of me in grade 7, like, even grade 7 or 8, like, when I thought I was presenting as, like, a straight person, like, I think uh, there's still tidbits that I'm like, oh, like... A straight guy wouldn't wear that. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? your or true like, self shows. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like very like, like I don't know, like prissy and like very clean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean, like no shade, but like really clean. <laughs> no, <laughs> no but yeah, like straight, like straight men are dirty. Um, especially like straight <laughs> kids, like kids are dirty. Yeah, so. well they are. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So also, what I was gonna ask is, you made a really great point about um lesbian like butch women and how like their masculinity mm-hmm. is respected. Mm-hmm. I want to ask, as someone who, like, does present themselves more feminine, do you find within the gay community, like, when you're dating other men, uh, like, you're not, maybe not fetishized, but there's a certain respectability that's not there for <laughs> other guys who are gay but also masculine? Well, like, you guys have heard, like, the phrase, like, mask for mask, I'm assuming? Yeah. Yeah, okay, so that's what, I like, actually haven't, so I don't know. Okay, <laughs> so that's what, like, it's like a run-on, it's, it's a real thing, but it's also, like, a run-on joke within, like, the community because, um... 
people will put that like like in their bios for like gay dating apps like mm. like only looking from a masculine lens like no femme men like mm-hmm. blah, blah blah and it's almost like the like the it's it, there's a joke that goes no fats no femmes no asians like that's like the oh my god that's like the 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 mm-hmm. summary of the joke mm-hmm. because like there used to be people who would actually put that in their bios but it would be like they replaced the asian with another thing like there was asian but there's also like no fats no femmes no blacks like shit like that so it was like mm-hmm. real problem um and so now it's not like as racial anymore because people got called out on their shit like you can't say no black people on your profile but there's still like a only mask please only femme or like no femme please mm-hmm. or it's like people who are straight up seeking out like cross dressers mm-hmm. or like trans women mm-hmm. stuff like that so it's not like um like y- you get written off a lot i think i get written off a lot mm-hmm. especially now that i present like pretty fluidly and like sometimes pretty feminine because it's just what i like it depends on what i feel like that day um and so it also depends on like where i'm going but mm-hmm. now it's like I get approached more in the light of like, oh, like I'll, I'll like, like I'll get a message and I'll look at who sent the, who sent the message and it's like seeking, like it's like straight, it's like straight guys ex- experimenting, like seeking cross-dressing guys or like feminine guys so that they can like feel like they're exploring but they're not mm-hmm. like gay. <laughs> so that's like wow, the whole thing. Wow, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do you think that it's more common to see um, gay men seeking masculine presenting or the other way around? Like, seeking people who maybe are less like a little more like, fluid yeah exactly um definitely like the, the, the latter yeah like they're more likely to seek other masculine men yeah so i think like on that point even with the point about um masculine men respecting um like lesbians or people that present with masculine en- energy it's because masculinity inherently hates femininity and me and Liddy were talking about this the other day, how if you look at movies like, even like Keenan and Kel, but then if you look at movies like Mrs. Doubtfire, if you look at movies um, like Medea, where it's always a man dressing up as a woman and that's the butt of the joke. Mm-hmm. Whereas in a movie like She's the Man, it's a woman dressing up as a man, but the butt of the joke is that she's not doing it very well and her femininity is coming out. So yeah. in both instances, femininity is the joke. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So I just think that in all these situations, you just see masculinity and femininity inherently. Like, masculinity hates femininity. And that that was my whole point. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. <laughs> G- and gay like, men who, like, do drag are taken less seriously as, like, men. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, like, the whole argument for this is that, like, I'm, I'm gay because I want to date a man, right? And it's mm-hmm. like the more we deconstruct this idea of like the stereotypical classic man um the more uncomfortable like cis gay men feel with the idea of dating anyone outside that spectrum that doesn't fit like the bearded six foot white guy that you like take home to mom do you know what i mean Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's it's interesting that that's the way it functions now yeah for sure and it's interesting because one of my classes she was talking or probably was talking about masculinity and she was saying how there's certain groups however who've attained such great masculinity that like they're almost permitted um like acts of homosexuality so for example like even in sports like men who will like slap each other's asses right like, like that is players, like yeah. so like and they're it. always in the locker room just like naked together <laughs> and yeah. it's like but, y- but no one's gonna say anything about that because you've like attained the highest level of masculinity i know yeah. even with uh 
what's that group that does the motorcycles hell's angels Mm -hmm. they like do performative like makeout sections or makeout sessions because like and no one questions it it's very much like i don't really care like this is my brother and then they'll just make out in public but no one would say anything because i did not know that. yeah it's true no one would say anything because they're so masculine Hmm. and we'll try to post like a photo on this like on our story there's also a recent trend of like on reddit like masculine men who maybe at times are even married will like write a post about how they want to hook up with other men but they like almost like preface it by like proving their masculinity so they'll be like trying to find a bud that i can uh watch porn with drink a lot of beer watch from sports and then like just jerk off to each other It'll, like that will be literally the post i will we'll pull up some on the story but um on our instagram so follow us on our instagram <laughs> but that's crazy right it is it's nuts it's it's like a it's like the, um an old boys club thing mm-hmm. yeah it's like that's why there was so much like if you look back and you like um analyze like gay culture in the 1920s i saw a really interesting documentary in london that was screened here about gay men in the 1920s and 30s and the way they would identify each other was like really like nuanced and like you would like capture the attention of somebody by like holding eye contact for a little longer than usual in public and then you would like kind of chat and use these like weird double entendres and like these kind of code Mm -hmm. words and then and then you would find out that there was like this underground community of gay men that were like married and like had children and like um were like all like sleeping with each other and like all this stuff but they couldn't be out in the light obviously but it was like that has now obviously this is like a time of oppression like like no no gay man like it was illegal you get like arrested and then now it's like transitioned to this right like it's like they want to maintain the underground culture and the same level of masculinity publicly Mm -hmm. um but still like enjoy the luxuries of like technically speaking that's still being gay in a public setting like yeah, you're, you're, is, you're yeah. still publicly putting yourself out there like as the person who wants to have sex with men but you're doing it in like a discreet way like right but you are still benefiting of all like benefiting at all of the the privilege that has happened before you mm-hmm. that is like act like like real um visible gay men fighting for for the rights of you to even do that so mm-hmm. it's interesting that they want to maintain that masculinity no matter what yeah and also like one of the like most important points about this is why do men care so much about being masculine is because like you know you kind of highlighted it with like your like story about how these kids from like your school in the hallway they would ask you like oh are you gay it was always a group of men and i feel like men often need to just like prove something to other men it's never women like women don't i mean i'm not gonna say they never care because i'm sure like women do shame men for not being as masculine as they should be quote-unquote um but it's a valid point like men do perform masculinity Mm -hmm. for other men yeah Yeah. masculinity is homosocial like it's definitely um because men want to be positively evaluated by other men and they want to fit in and then um when we took that class with nicole edvers she talked about like um it as a hot potato and when you're not masculine you always want to put it on someone else so that it's not on you and you're passing it around like a hot potato yeah yeah that's so interesting yeah because she kind of highlighted it with like little kids when they like say like the f word to each other like the gay slur like you'll be like oh like you're this and then they'll be like no you're this and they'll be like no 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 this person's this and it just becomes this like to take it off of yourself you need to now prove it to someone else that they are yeah so for kids it's especially 
complicated to navigate because you are immediately categorized as an outsider mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like immediately and then there's n- like there's no really out gay kids obviously with the exception of very few so you don't have like a like somebody to fall back on when it does happen so you will like go to any lengths to prove that you are not gay like having a girlfriend and like all this stuff and like and like kissing girls and like and like you like whenever like like it's like the whole like playing spin the bottle thing when you're a kid it's like you won't you won't kiss another boy like you won't Mm -hmm. right like but then like girls will be like okay like i'll try like kissing another girl like haha and you'll be in this group setting where there's like multiple of like men and women and there's a very clear like rule like set of rules that's like but no, like no gay shit's gonna happen here. Mm-hmm. Like none yeah. of it. Like none mm-hmm. of it's gonna happen no here. No homo, bro. <laughs> no homo, bro. But it's like a real. <laughs> they'll say thing. like anything. They'll just be like no homo. <laughs> yeah. It's like that. What? It, how? What? Like, yeah. Like that excuses everything. <laughs> yeah. After a full session. <laughs> After a full session. Yeah. This is nice. No homo. No homo. <laughs> okay. I also, I really want to talk about like children or like I guess like high school with you because it is interesting because you did really have that like you know, that cap on where you were like, okay, like I'm presenting as someone who's straight. I really want to talk about the boy code. And like, do you have any insights for us about what is happening with this locker room conversations that are happening among men? Like, what are some things about the boy code that we like maybe don't know as women or like, non-boys? I think it's funny. Like, I think like this whole argument of like puberty and like you, like th- because there is so many hormones, like you are interested in like finding out what everything is but like within a certain limit Mm -hmm. so like the whole locker room thing is very like 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 they'll do like racy shit like i remember like witnessing racy shit like happening in in locker rooms like like a like a tea bag or like a you know like like slapping someone's ass or like or like pantsing people pantsing people was so big in high school i remember like people getting pants like in like during classes like fully during classes so like this is like it's part embarrassment but it's also like part curiosity like i know it is and so like like these guys are like want to teeter on the edge of like i am like i'm so straight like i only fuck girls whatever but then like what like what does other guys like look like what are they you Mm -hmm. know like and then you're like going to the whole like comparisons of like Mm -hmm. how big other guys are compared to others and all this stuff and like and like and there's obviously like guys who hit puberty faster and like get bigger and they get huge right and so then it's like this whole thing but in the locker room it's very like it's this tense environment where you like nobody wants to say it out loud that mm-hmm. like they're all experiencing these curiosities mm-hmm. and if you go if you go like slightly over the line like you are punished for it like you're very punished for it like like trying to do some gay shit and then like and, then, and I, I used to feel bad like sometimes it would happen like accidentally like like you would be like yeah. I remember like there would be like guys that would like kind of like lose their train of thought and would just like stare like at other guys like just blankly and like be ridiculed for it because everyone's like changing and getting naked and you would like and then guys would like change so fast because they didn't want like each other to see each other mm-hmm. but like so it was just like this whole thing trying like, to like avoid eye contact oh yeah. My God, yeah yeah when I was in high school um I saw th- like I literally saw this happen so this guy i'm like trying to explain it without outing anyone so there was this guy who was like let's say in grade 12 and he was just like sitting at the lunchroom table and my school was like really weird because it was um like seventh grade to 12th grade because it went by like the quebec rules this like kid in seventh grade was like doing the same thing like staring blankly at this 12th grader and the 12th grader was like what are you doing like what are you doing and then like 15 minutes later they're outside and this 12th grader has this seventh grader pinned on the wall like yelling at him being like don't 
ever hit on me ever again like we are not dating we will never date i was like dude i stared everyone <laughs> like what are you talking about yeah like, this kid's probably tired <laughs> like it's like the middle of the day, it's been a long day. yeah it's been a long day he's just like staring in the lunchroom like you just happened to be the target oh it wasn't even like in a change room. it was like, in a, in, like no it was like in a lunchroom it's interesting to see like how it like straight men feel so threatened Mm-hmm. They do. Like, like their masculinity is so threatened by the idea of a man hitting on them. Like, it's so past any other form of like insult. Mm-hmm. It, like, it's the ultimate insult to them to to be thought as like gay mm-hmm. in any way. You know. I know, and it's interesting to see like they think that just because someone likes men, they're gonna like them. If that makes sense you know what i mean like yeah. oh i don't want to hang out with him like, he's gonna hit on me and it's like bro you're not even cute first of all <laughs> second of all you never even he- you don't hear women say that and i think like women probably get hit on by other women more than men get hit on by other men because like l- look at lydia she gets hit on by a woman like at least once a week yeah I, for real yeah i, I get girlies <laughs> <laughs> and it's like you don't hear women saying that but, like dude i would be flattered if a woman hit on me but yeah. like <laughs> Clearly. It's the best. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm like, I'm really heteronormative, but like, unless someone like explicitly hits on me, like they're like asking me out, like there's literally no reason for me to say anything. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's, what am I, like what would I say? And I'm not offended by it. Like it doesn't really matter. And it's so great because women are so much funnier. <laughs> they're so much nicer. They are. They're so uh, much nicer. They're so much nicer. Um... But I think that it's interesting because I find that women, especially when they're younger, are able to experiment a little bit more. And I think the reason why is like the connotation around bisexuality, because I find that like with women, like if they're bi, it's not a big deal. Also, they're not even like taken as seriously. It's like, okay, you're quote unquote bi, but like you actually like men and you just like making out with girls at parties whereas like if a guy is quote-unquote bi it's like oh no you are gay and that is a beard (laughs) like you know (laughs) but that's not true that's not true and i think it's because bisexuality specifically or like that um that like experimental range is seen as like very childish very indecisive it's purely transitional like, yeah it's, it's purely transitional yeah. and States. women like they're just figuring it out mm-hmm. yeah and women can stay in that because women are seen as fickle they're seen as like childish their sexuality isn't stable they're they're seen as indecisive women are emotional women don't know what they want like you know it's that connotation where it's like men should know what they want men are leaders and if they're saying that they're bisexual they're actually that can't be true because bisexuality is you know it's indecisive yeah and the worst part about biracial is that um like you once you pick a team like like let's say like i'm like i'm bi and then i start dating a man it's like okay so you're gay and then if i start dating a woman it's like oh you're straight but you're, no but not even it's like oh, oh but you're still gay like we oh, know like okay, we know yeah. you're still gay like yeah. th- like this relationship with this woman is not valid in the same yeah. way your relationship with a man would be yeah right yeah. like it doesn't translate the same way on the opposite side which i think is so interesting mm-hmm. and i think you can still you can see it reflected in a, in women too because you hear a lot of women say they would never date it by a man yeah totally and so i think it's it's interesting to see how women reinforce that as well because yes masculinity it definitely affects men but women do serve to reinforce not only masculinity but by erasure yeah as well yeah and nobody validates masculinity better than 
than like women do mm-hmm. right like it, it that's why men seek it out so badly and they mm-hmm. need to prove it so hard right because as soon as they gain the validation of a woman like it it solidifies their whole identity when it comes to their masculinity like completely 100 percent, right mm-hmm. like I, if i am a man in the eyes of a woman i'm a man right and then it's almost even more in in other men right yeah mm-hmm. and i feel like that's why there's always that issue um with like women and their like boyfriends or like their male partners like they'll be more romantic with this girl maybe they'll show sides that are more quote-unquote feminine but then with their guy friends are like so different yeah well it's the the whole like notion that sensitivity is strictly feminine so Mm -hmm. you can't like like if you look back at like television in the past 20 years like anytime men get sentimental like the butt of the joke is that it's kind of gay like Mm -hmm. you can't get sentimental with other men because then it's like it's just like uh, faux pas you know what I mean yeah and true. so that really like messes up a ton of the way that men interact because they cannot be open about their feelings they can't be they can't be close to their mm-hmm. male friends without risking that like really really strict masculinity that they've worked so hard to like mm-hmm. put in place yeah and when you teach men that they need to suppress everything that has to do with femininity and obviously like why do you think that the rates of violence against women are so high you've taught men that everything to do with being a woman is something that they should hate um not only like not only the derogatory terms but also like calling someone a mama's boy or like Mm -hmm. um telling them to suppress certain emotions when they're younger like this is an instant suggestion that you have to reject femininity and i think it goes to show why um the two are so mutually exclusive in a lot of spaces yeah, totally. Yeah. And yeah, the man box sucks. The man box it affects sucks. so <laughs> many relationships. So do you feel like now that you're like out read queer and like you're more gender fluid presenting, have you left? And like are you able now to with your male friends to be more emotional or do you find that barrier to still exist? Um I don't have like a like a large amount of male friends. I think because um, my personality type is so, like, um, I don't know, not in your face. Like, it's not as threatening. Also, like, men grow up. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like to a certain extent, like, they do. And the crowd that I surround myself with are generally more liberal-minded people. Like, they don't think that gay people are, like, you know, like a threat to them in any way. Mm-hmm. Or that they're hitting on them all the time. It's just, like, another person. So... I have like one friend that I'm very close with that's like that's very straight like and um I share a few of them and like I I'm now like openly like sensitive I guess and like affectionate in a certain way around them um and they understand now that it's not like from a sexual place mm-hmm. yeah but that takes like a long time to learn that's so sad mm-hmm. yeah and then like um, but that's me like as a gay person interacting with a straight person straight on straight men like can't like to show that affection mm-hmm. and not be like in a in a brotherly construct like like um yeah like in a brotherly kind of context versus like a just friendship context mm-hmm. like it it's too it's dangerous territory it's so sad i mm-hmm. saw this tweet and it was like these two girls like in a bathtub do you see that no i have it was like what these was two that? girls in a bathtub like it's just like they're friends like they're just like in the bath together like it's a bubble bath and they're like laughing drinking wine or something like that and a guy tweeted it like quote tweeted it and was like 
I can never do this with my friends. And it was just, like, so sad because there's such a level of intimacy that female friendships can get to that men don't have access to. And it just makes me really, really emo. It is sad. And that's why when they get into romantic relationships with women, it's just... It's the be-all, end-all Yeah, it is. Yeah. And that's why I find them to be, like, so butthurt. Like, obviously, any breakup would be, like hard for anyone but like you know when men just like hold that sense of like that sense of resentment especially in tweets i'll see where they'll be like you know when i was 18 that girl broke my heart now i'm 30 and it still won't fucking happen like you know (laughs) like i can't open myself up again and it's like it's because you opened yourself up once for the very first time and it it didn't end end well and when females do that we don't have that because I mean, I guess you can friendship break up, but like most of the time it's a, you know, it's a long lasting relationship that you have with this person. And even if it ends, it usually is still amicable and, and everything like that. So I think that's why it's, it's hard for men. Cause it's like the first time I ever tried to open up and I got my heart broke. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Oh my God, I didn't (laughs) think about that. Yeah, it's true. But it's like girls been opening up. Even we've after been, we've been intimate, yeah. Even after this break, I'm about to cry to my friends. Yeah, like, yeah you know, yeah. I have someone to lean on. Yeah. And like, I feel like uh, we talk about this uh, masculinity like this a lot on the podcast, and guys will always be like, "Well, no, like me and my bros talk. Like, I talk to my bros my about bro. this stuff." And I'm like, "Okay, yes, but like, there's a certain, there's still a certain level of intimacy that you guys aren't reaching, even if you are discussing your problems." Because, yeah, so that's a big point. Because I think recently I was telling someone, I was like, oh, I hate vulnerability. And they're like, are you dumb? You talk about yourself all the time on the podcast. And I was like, it's different because, like, I'll talk about things that I have reconciliation over and I'm able to now articulate it. And I kind of get the sense that's what's so happening with men. Yeah. Like, you're talking about things where you're like, this is what happened. Uh, this is how I dealt with it. I'm still kind of going through it. But, like, this is what's up. And it's like, we're about to grind through it. Yeah. And we're strong. <laughs> and it's like, bro, you need to cry. Like, yeah, like not okay. Yeah. yeah, like while you're figuring it out, you're not talking about it, and like that's the issue, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really well, good. Like men not feeling bothered by things that happen to them is is seen as the norm. Mm-hmm. I, like it's interesting to see now the the shift that's happening within like celebrities, um, straight men who are like advocating for mental health within men, like, um, and so this like this kind of strict boundary is Mm -hmm. being like slowly kind Mm -hmm. of diminished um but it's almost it's still like a weird power move you know what i mean like it's like a like this is what tied into what you said about like you reach a certain level of masculinity Mm -hmm. where you would now have the privilege to like be like Like, do some gay shit yeah (laughs) so like within that same context it's like you've reached a certain level of masculinity that you now have the privilege to like be sensitive Mm -hmm. right like it's not you know what i mean and Mm -hmm. for the most part it is like white people like it is right so Mm -hmm. even speaking on like i think lydia well we talked about it a little bit yesterday about how um it is racially charged the conversation on masculinity and how what is masculine or what is okay for a black man might not be okay for white men um so yeah do you want to touch on that yeah, point yeah, Lydia? For sure. so like with our amazing prof nicole edwards <laughs> <laughs> Yo, shout this out to three times in this podcast dude we love dude, her, we love her. <laughs> this is a nicole edwards so fan she's podcast she's a bit like i love that woman. i love that I love woman i hope she be. never listens to this podcast because she'll know how much i love her no, <laughs> it's so embarrassing it's a little embarrassing but she's talking about um David Beckham. So that's like that Spice Girl's husband for context. He was named like uh, someone who was just like an influential metrosexual. 
why is it another sexuality i don't know but define it so basically metrosexuality is men who like take really great care of themselves who care who about are, their fashion care about their fashion <sighs> are well groomed they're actually heterosexual so i don't know why it's like another category category but anyways well groomed straight men yeah well the bar is on the floor girl. <laughs> exactly <laughs> they're like well shaved they smell good they shower twice a day maybe they have hand lotion like mm-hmm. they are well groomed um, they might really do their eyebrows. They might do their eyebrows. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. this it. is interesting because obviously David Beckham is white. Now think about this with black men, right? Like black men have been caring about their hair forever, right? Mm-hmm. They they take off their do rags. They compare their waves. Like this is mm-hmm. very important to them. Mm-hmm. They do their cornrows. They make sure it's like super clean cut. They scrub their sneakers with a toothbrush. Like they care so much about the way it looks. This is not seen as gay. Right, mm-hmm. like if a white man braided his hair, it might seem like, you know, they might be homosexual. Even with like jewelry, like yeah, black men are always decked out. Mm. But like, I feel like with white men, like it's less of a thing. To, ear like, piercings. Have all these... Think about that. Yeah, black men have been wearing ha- ear piercings, chains, rings. nose rings. Yeah, yeah. They dance. I feel like white men don't dance. I feel like that's seen <laughs> as like a gay thing. <laughs> but black men, they've been dancing. Well, it's like, well, it's this whole thing, like, um, like really, if you think about it, it's it's white men like emulating the same style and yeah, as black the men. same like yeah, yeah. ready. Right? So it's like black men got rhythm, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, black men can dance, they can sing, they, they they know, you know what I mean? Yeah, like white men like, and so this is like really interesting. I was thinking about um, so like okay, here's my like my comparisons, right? It's like. I was talking about Harry Styles the other day with my friends. Like Harry Styles has like this whole like I love very Harry fluid like you know like his newest video came out where it's like there's this giant orgy in it and there's like mm-hmm. a bunch of men and women in it and he's like wearing all this like very androgynous clothes and like just like really out there. He just released a photo with like a like a giant like like uh, a ballet tutu, tutu, yeah, yeah I on, saw like, that. Whatever. And like he's been questioned about his sexuality. He's not chosen. He's chosen not to like really address it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's almost like seen as like a like a man playing with a girl's toys but mm-hmm. it's still it's like harmless right and then like you guys saw that movie um the one about simon what's it called like the gay movie about that the kid simon who comes out oh simon oh, i didn't watch i it. know it love simon love simon yeah, right yeah, yeah. and so he's like this little white boy and he like um has his like secret pen pal and he's gay um so what's his name a key something um the actor I can look plays, it up. Yeah, look it up. The, the actor who plays the love interest in Love Simon. The black guy. Yeah, the black guy. Yeah. Okay. What's his name? Could I don't know his name, but oh, I love him. Interest. He's amazing. Okay. Um, Keenan, Keenan, something. I know it's K. Oh, the act, the actor, or yeah, the the actor. So just look up like the Love Simon cast. Yeah, I'm just gonna look. His name up. is Keenan. Keenan Lawsdale. That's his name. Okay, there we Kenan go. Lawsdale. Okay, there we go. Um, so like the movie came out, and Keenan Lawsdale's like the the love interest. Um, and he's like, so the the main actor, like the guy who plays Love Simon, is like actually straight in real life, and Keenan Lawson is like gay, and he's like very gay, like he's like, like he posted recently some photo shoots he did, and he has like, like these long braids, and he's wearing like a dress and shit, and he doesn't benefit from the same privilege, like any gay men that are playing with this kind of thing, um, than like someone like Harry Styles because of like, race, because of race, like it's mm-hmm. like. You like you've crossed the boundary so far because you're black and you're playing with girls' toys. Like you, there's no ret- there's no return for you. Mm-hmm. Like that's it. Like you're out there. And, and like I think Harry also has the um, privilege of not really addressing his sexuality and not like making that clear. Where I think in other cases you might have to make it clear. Yeah, for sure. I think Keen Lazo wouldn't be able to be 
obscure about it mm-hmm. without mm-hmm. being like really ridiculed where everyone's like respect Harry Styles privacy respect Sean yes. Mendes' privacy like Sean Mendes got a little like a little earring under one of his ears and everyone like screamed hallelujah like <laughs> to the gay mountains and, then, yeah. and, and they're like well like gay men like straight men can't have earrings gay anymore. men love Sean Mendes <laughs> I love Sean Mendes like but um but yeah I know like totally like it's not like recently like I had lots of friends who like advocate on the half behalf of like don't ridicule Sean Mendes if, if you think he's gay or not like mm-hmm. it's not it's none of your business yeah. yeah and like even with like gay black men like or bisexual black men queer black men let's say um like Frank Ocean or Steve Lacey mm-hmm. you see them like only with white guys yeah and I feel like okay so I think it's I obviously don't know because I'm none of those things but um, a part of me almost believes that it's like, okay, if I was a black guy and I was gay, I might not want to be with someone who, like, is also kind of hiding, if that makes sense. Like, it might be easier access to be with these white gay men because maybe there's more of them out. But also, I do think there's, like, some racial tension there as well. Mm-hmm. Because like, not only do they like white guys, I think... Uh, even Tyler the Creator. Yeah, even Tyler the Creator. I was thinking of him too. Yeah. Specifically, like Steve Lacey. Like, he, he loves vo- Aryan. He loves yeah. Aryan and men. He like, vocalized just- it. Like, Frank Ocean hasn't actually said, you know, I don't date black men. But, like, Steve Lacey has, like, responded to that. What did he say? In, like, a negative way. So I need sad. to, I'll find it right now. I love Steve Lacey. And it makes me so sad. <laughs> yeah. Because, like,. I'm like this anyways, where, like, if I have a crush on someone and they date someone black, I'm like, it's okay. Like, I'm like, I live vicariously through that person. <laughs> but then you go ahead, you don't date someone black. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> You're really cutting so yourself basically he said that, like, he's not anti-black and it's just his preference. That's it. Okay. He's like, I don't dislike black people. I'm from Compton. But he said, he basically said that he sees I grew black. Up with a, I had a black friend. Yeah. yeah. But he basically said, like, he sees black men as his brothers and doesn't see them in, like, a sexual way. And so his preference is to date white men. There's also other men, though. Like, <laughs> there's, like, Latin men. There's Asian Yeah. Men. There's true. It's true. Are they all <laughs> like your brothers? Like, yeah. <laughs> like, every POC see? is my brother. <laughs> yeah, yeah, anyways. I was just like, I'm sorry, you are a coon. Yeah, that's that's definitely like, that coonery. is anti-black. Like, that is an, anti-black. That's an anti-black preference. Pre- that's not a preference. No, we're the just, word preference is a total cop out to what yeah, you're saying. Yeah, I hate that word. Yeah, so because yeah, because take the way the gayness. If you just said that, anyways, like I would have been like, that's fucking annoying. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I wrote in my notes, men lack empathy. <laughs> I don't really that remember. That speaks very true. <laughs> and, like, I'm not really sure what I was getting at. But do you guys think men lack empathy? I think that. What a segue. Love that. <laughs> men lack like, empathy. Like, okay, this is what I wrote down. And bear in mind, I wrote these notes, like, months ago, so I don't remember what I meant. But I wrote, men lack empathy because they are not socialized to be empathetic and can't differentiate love and respect outside of romantic relationships because they don't see them harbored in their own Yo, relationships. Something to oh say. my god. And that's what I wrote and I, I I don't know what type of mindset I was in when I wrote this because I wrote it in all caps with lots <laughs> of exclamation, exclamation points. Like I seem very angry. I'm screaming. Well that's a good point because I think especially like with uh, men who like women I see this a lot where men only respect women they're attracted to. And I'm sorry, it's not respecting women. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like in the same way with empathy, like you would have to respect someone's struggle to be empathetic, right? Like, oh, mm-hmm. I feel you on that because I know that's a valid 
response or like a valid struggle Mm -hmm. and I feel like men only validate women that they're attracted to which Mm -hmm. is really frustrating so I feel like that's what I get from your point even like in terms of empathy like I'm in nonprofit management in school in my entire program there's one guy and there's a lot of women and that's reflective of the field in and of itself and you see that I think with a lot of fields that are like catered towards caring toward caring for people and the world so it's just like it doesn't like is that a product of social socialization and what's associated with masculinity is it just like not cool to like care so this is like so you guys know who like Brene Brown is actually don't I don't either Brene Brown is like the psychologist and researcher who her whole basis of her research is like vulnerability and Mm -hmm. how it affects society and how it affects like the way we interact with each other and the way we interact with ourselves and how it like it changes us and how it affects us either like as people or professionally like it's everything mm-hmm. and so she has given like she's given lots of TED talks she's not big she's like written multiple books about how like it's basically like the the most powerful tool you have for connection for building innovation so she's been taken from like TED talks to speaking in corporate offices because vulnerability is the basis for all of this stuff and she even had she did one talk where she talked about empathy and she said if sympathy and empathy are different things mm-hmm. sympathy is saying like i understand how you feel empathy is connecting with something within yourself that is the same as what you're feeling right so sympathy is like i'm so sorry you're feeling that way and empathy is like i felt this way like i'm choosing to understand and stand in your shoes and say i like i've i've been there and I'm going to reconnect with how I felt in that moment to better understand how I can support you, right? Mm-hmm. So very different things. One's very surface level. The other one's very, very deep. Mm-hmm. The problem with men doing this is that they don't want to connect with that part of themselves. Yeah. They've either like blocked it out mm-hmm. or they've they refuse to because it's too difficult or they just don't even know it's there. Like it's been neglected for so long. Um, or, it's too, or it's too much work. Like yeah. it, it is a lot of work to say you're experiencing this how 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 have I experienced it and how are we going to go through this together right it's a lot easier to be like so sorry you're feeling that way let me know <laughs> let me know how I can like help you <laughs> bye right like yeah. it's so much easier it's so much quicker especially between men and men like right so mm-hmm. that's that's like the argument for that like men can't do that because either they're not equipped to they're not encouraged to and so for them it's just so foreign that is such a good point and that is so sad yeah, well, I think also, especially, like, when you think about, like, the family dynamics, like, who is the caregiver? Like, usually it is the mom um, in the ways in which, like, you know, you're crying. Like, who's going to come for you? Like, your mom or, yeah, like, I just find out, like, within the family, like, that's, I think, especially when you're a kid, like, those gender norms and, like, what it means to be a man, like, are really, really pushed. And there's too many times where, like, either dads aren't present or dads aren't there period so Mm -hmm. like who are you going to learn who is your representation to like learn empathy from Mm -hmm. totally and Mm -hmm. it usually ends up being your mom yeah like your dad your dad's mm -hmm. the one that comes and gets like gets shit done or whatever or stern right but the only time you ever see it even remotely happen is single fathers yeah which is a rarity which is a rarity but it's interesting because like when like single fathers do that or they're like present themselves as extreme like caregivers they're like they're put on such a huge pedestal like if i go i'm a victim of this if i go to a park and there's like a mom playing with her kid and like okay there's a mom playing with the kid there's a dad playing with his kid and like i don't know he has like the whole set of like the stroller and everything I'm like wow what a good dad and it's like 
He's just doing the bare minimum. Yeah, he's doing his job. Yeah. 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 Like, really why is. am I congratulating that? <laughs> for being a parent. Do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you really did it. Oh like, took care of your kid for one day. <laughs> I know. Yeah, we're all like that, though. It's because we're not, we don't see it. Yeah. And it's not normalized. But um, I think to wrap up the episode, um, I guess we can talk about how men can be better allies and how we can be better allies as women. Um, as women as well and how we can kind of um change masculinity in general um like is the onus on men is the onus on feminist women like wh- who you know what i mean question. like how do we how do we shift the conversation i don't know how to answer this specifically i've thought about this multiple multiple times but i think for myself especially in context of like talking to guys like one i never assume people's sexual orientation so one conversation piece that I'd always start when I like would be on apps is um, I'd be like, what's your sign? <laughs> well, yeah, but also I'd be like, what's your sign? But also like I would always talk about how men are so boring. I'd be like, I don't know your sexual orientation or like what's open, but this is what I get. Just so that they have, just so they know that like if you are also getting messages from men, like I don't care. Um, and yeah, like I think reinforcing like within like my male friends, like knowing like you are like a female friend to me or like you know you're just a friend to me like there's no barrier of like this is what we can do and this is what my uh like female friends can do I'm not going to mm-hmm. be scared that you're going to fall in love with me if you're vulnerable with me you are my friend I'm here for you what is friendship right yeah mm-hmm. for me it's um giving the men in my life permission to acknowledge that what they're going through is tough mm-hmm. that they um that they're allowed to feel that way that it's like a valid emotion that they're allowed to speak about it like it's just it's almost shocking to see when it happens that you say to someone like you know like you're talking to somebody and they say like oh yeah you know this happened like and you know but it's whatever and i'm like well no actually that really like that really sucks that must have been really difficult yeah yeah yeah, but it's like it's fine you know i'm like no like it's not really fine like you're allowed to be upset about it and it like makes them so like it's like so uncomfortable but you can see them like getting kind of uncomfortable with it but the further you allow that space and like validate their feelings the more they ease into it like yeah actually that was very difficult blah 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 blah. and like Mm -hmm. and you can see it like in visual cues and body language that it's like they're not used to that at all but providing them the space and the permission to be like just as as like softly as you can like don't make it about yourself Mm -hmm. just be like yeah that's really tough like do you want to talk more about it like do you you know like but in that moment like yeah, don't be like talking about it like later you know like if you if you ever like I, that that's the problem with that if you ever want to talk about it it's basically saying don't talk about it now mm-hmm. <laughs> right oh that's right? yeah that's so important. like so okay. make it available in that moment like if they've chosen to share anything with you in that moment it's probably because they want to yeah. right so that's probably the biggest thing we can do right now mm-hmm. um i think for me um to men i would say um listen to your friends and let them have the space to feel their emotions um more than what you think you're already doing because i think a lot of men come from the ideology where we see it a lot in back not backlash but like people responding to our episodes being like i don't know what you guys are talking about like i talk to my guy friends all the time and we talk about like our issues and it's like i want you to just think about how deep you guys are getting with your conversations because it's probably not as deep as you think it is um and then also if you're in the position where you're influencing anyone so if you're in a leadership position if you have a little brother if you have anyone who's who sees you as an influential person making sure that you're shifting the narratives of what masculinity means and then for women um i think what you guys said is really really important 
but then also as a woman there is a limit to what we can do so I think like as an ally just as men have limits when it comes to women's issues we have limits when it comes to men's issues um and yeah it's not our responsibility necessarily to change masculinity if we could we would have done it because we don't have the power but yeah (laughs) to be Um, honest with you it's called the patriarchy (laughs) (laughs) This was a really fun episode to film. Um, yeah, thank, thank you, you so, so much, much Andre. For being here. Oh, thanks for having me. Oh I was my pumped. gosh. I'm like n- retweets number one fan. <laughs> I love so, Andre. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you to everyone who's listening. Thank you to everyone who came out to Plump. Um, yeah. Okay. And so to we Plump for having us. Yeah, Andre was on Plump with us. Um, it was a, a good time. Yeah, it was great. More panels. Invite us to your panels, all three of us. Yeah. Yes, we want to talk. <laughs> We're a package deal now. <laughs> We're a package deal now. Andres is our new, or sorry, Andre is our new guest. Yeah. Permanently. <laughs> They're gonna be like, Andre's our new gay best friend, and that's no. the end of episode. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Follow us on everything, please. Yeah. yeah you know the retweet, drills. You know where the yes. links are in the bio, baby. I love it. Um, Lydia did a really good. Um, rendition yesterday dancing queen so i think we're gonna end off the episode with that do it okay okay let's go let's go just kidding i'm tone deaf don't let me sing you can dance you (laughs) can jive having the time of your life Ooh, see that girl watch that seed shigging the dancing queen Okay. Mm. Hey, 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 hey. It's retweet. It's retweet. <laughs> okay, we're done. With okay. It. We're going to make a theme song, though, next season. Yeah. That's Thanks. all we have to say. Bye. <laughs> See you later.